This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Thank you for joining us. Great to have you along. And so I leave tomorrow morning for a conference we're doing in California and the spiritual warfare has been heating up. Uh, Yesterday we did, we just did a simple post about the conference on the Blazing Grace Facebook page and if you're not following it, you just search for Blazing Grace and you'll see us and you can follow. And it was just a very simple post about the conference times, date, content with a link to the conference page on the website, which has a picture of me speaking. And boy, they just came out of the woodwork. um, There was one guy who was saying I wasn't dressed appropriately, even though I was in dress clothes, um, saying I was white, uh, as if, you know, who cares? And and uh, but that was that was just I mean that was the little stuff and then they were disparaging scripture and um, making fun of Christians and there were some pretty vile pictures let's just say disparage you know disparaging God's word those are all the things I hate to see the most and one guy was um, saying how great pornography is and that I should be showing porn pictures that. The conference and 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 then one guy posted a picture of a mostly naked woman on that post and so if you go there right now all that stuff is we clean it up we block the people but all this is just to kind of give you a feel for when we start talking about the issues that often get swept under the rug today things with sexual sin or pornography or the occult or spiritual warfare or suicide or the things that people are struggling with and in intense battles with, the enemy um, throws down and doesn't want that happening. He's very happy to keep us parked at very soft, comforting, soothing messages that that don't challenge, that don't equip in these areas, these critical areas that we need to be equipped in today. And so I'm going to hit several different notes in this broadcast. I was in Europe for three weeks, and the first stop was Finland. And it was starting to get cold there, and and they had less daylight, so I think it was getting uh, – the sun rose around 8.30 in the morning and then was setting around 4, 4.30, and 
by the time January rolls around, they'll have about six hours a day of daylight, if that. But I've noticed that every time I go to Finland to speak, the warfare heats up, heats up, and sometimes even more than other countries. And I'd always been kind of confused because the surveys have shown for the last five or six years that, quote, unquote, Finland is the happiest country in the world. Well, me and the our ministry partners there, Jeff and Ora, uh, they were getting hit. They were getting attacked. And I was having a hard time sleeping, hearing thoughts like quit. Why don't you just um, – you don't want to be here and things like that. And, and then the Friday night – the first Friday night, I was supposed to speak to a youth group. And Aura, who's going to be translating for me, she texted me like an hour before and said she can barely walk, that all of a sudden her back went out. And so it was one thing after another, and I'm not even mentioning everything, but there there were kids that wanted to come but couldn't get rides and just all sort of crazy. But in spite of all this, we had a good turnout. And when I speak, I speak like you hear me on the radio very clearly no holds barred about sexual issues and pornography. And, and keep in mind, I'm talking to youth here. That's kids from ages 13 to 20 were sitting there. And I, and I wasn't holding back anything. And I was shared my story. And I told them about um, how I know that some of you are struggling with or have struggling with this stuff. And, and I mentioned how kids are getting swamped with ads for the occult to try to seduce them into that area. And, and then at the end, uh, a couple of girls came up and talked to us. And one of them, she looked like she might have been 18, told me that every one of her classmates in one of her classes had turned to witchcraft. And that's how thick the occult is there in Finland. I mean, when you hear when I heard that statement like that, I, I was like, this makes sense now that why there's so much warfare here because this is an underlying thing going on that the occult, Satan has a lot larger swath of ground, a foothold there than than we knew, than I knew from an outsider looking in. And, and then, but the, the response was great. And then the youth pastor came up to me and said, well, if you come back, uh love to have you speak to our young adults. And so uh, then the following Sunday, I gave the Sunday morning message at a church in Tampere. And similar topic, similar talk, talking very direct about sexual issues. And I could tell from the look on some of people's faces that they weren't <laughs> – this was a first for them, hearing sex talked about so directly – and bluntly from the pulpit. But afterward, the, the response was great. And, and then same thing, the pastor emailed me later and said it was fantastic. And now the pastor of that church and the pastor of the first church on Friday are talking about uh, partnering up and having me come back and speak to both youth groups. And there's talk of a conference along with that in January in Finland and so we need your prayer about this. Right now we're looking for a host church for the conference. There is a church that wants to back it and is backing it, but they're a home church, so they don't have a building. 
But when I go to these places in Europe, the thing to realize is that there are very few ministries in Europe and in the United Kingdom that are doing what we're doing. So some people might think, well, he's going to Europe. He's having a you know, party time there. This is a vacation. No, this is, this is spiritual warfare. This is a fight. This is going in churches that have never heard sex talked about. Uh, at one church, Aura told me that, that she attended. The last time they talked about sex was in 2018 when I was there. So not unlike the U.S., sex is not touched from the pulpits in many churches there, and I hear the same thing all throughout, not just Finland, but the UK and other and other places. And that's a part of why we do this radio program: is this stuff has to come to the light. And the enemy is doing a, I hate to say this word, great job suppressing it. And you know, we are cooperating with his warfare and suppressing these issues. And you know, I talk a lot about spiritual warfare because everybody who's wants to be an effective believer in Christ is going through it at some level. So equipping people in spiritual warfare and understanding their authority in Christ and becoming a prayer warrior, these are all critical things for the for the days we live in. They must be talked about in the church and our churches must become houses of prayer. And, and so uh we have that that might happen in January, and I'd appreciate your prayers. And uh, financial support also helps uh, because these trips aren't cheap. And then I uh, went on to Birmingham in the United Kingdom where I, we had a stand there at the Christian Resources Exhibition, and I had gave two live seminars, one each day. There was a two-day show, and and the response was great. And quite a few people saying they're interested in setting up conferences or having me speak to one of their groups. And similar situation, what we see in Finland and everywhere else. One guy said he'd heard one message in sex in the last 35 years. And the time before that, when I went to the UK, I had one seven-year-old man said he'd never heard a message on sex. And he was an elder at a church. And another guy who was in his 70s told me he heard one message on sex 30 years ago. So this is just out and out insane when we're being winnowed with sexual sin and it's like we're jamming our heads in the sand. I mean, my gosh, sometimes it just blows me away how how you can avoid one of the prime sins that so many people are in bondage to. And this is not just an American thing, and it is an American thing. It's an all-over-the-world thing. And But so in Birmingham, we were, people were telling us they were – basically hungry for what we had to offer and appreciative that we came. And and um, so the response was real good. And then we went on to Italy and um, spoke at a church there. And for a little bit of context, a mega church in northern Italy has is 300 members. Mega churches in the U.S. will have thousands. So the – Christian population in Italy is 1% of the population. Here in the States, of course, it's somewhere around half um, what the general surveys show. But then when you start getting into the numbers of how committed those half is, then it's a little more challenging. But So 
it was a church of a hundred I spoke to, and uh, what I loved there was their worship time. They just the the musical instruments were quiet; you really couldn't hear them that well. But what you could hear is every the hundred people in that room singing. Was, I mean, it was wonderful. They were singing for, with passion from their hearts. A lot of the churches, you know, I've been to here. It's a loud rock band, and you can't hear anything or anyone, and people have kind of a numb look on their face. Well, this was so refreshing just to see people crying out and singing. It was, it was wonderful. And then I, I spoke and, and again, talked about sexual issues, pornography, and but I also went into father wounds this time and just felt like God was wanting me to go there more in depth. And I could tell when I was talking about father wounds that it was really hitting some nerves. And in Italy, um, the father is, I'm not going to say the word God, but he has wide-ranging perception of wide-ranging of authority. And some men take that to an abusive extreme and just shove it down their, their authority, down their wives and their kids' throat. And so father wounds is a really big thing there, just like it is really here. I did a men's conference years ago, and I asked the guys to raise their hand if they grew up with a close relationship with their dad, and no hands went up. I So this is not um, something that's uh, not a problem everywhere, and uh, one woman was in tears while I was speaking, and so God was moving. And the other thing I'll explain is that we have, we're blessed to have a prayer team of people who are praying. And so without prayer, this this whole, these trips are a big waste of time without prayer because without God's power, without his covering, without his strength, and I still have long COVID. Next month <laughs> will be two years with long COVID. So, you know, everything that goes along with that is the fatigue and the hard time breathing and um, the neurological effects, which can include depression and anxiety. So, all that um, that goes with me, that doesn't stay here in the U.S. And so prayer, I, I'm not going anywhere without prayer. This has to be done in God's power. And so the, after I spoke in Italy, the pastor came up to me and gave me a hug and said it was wonderful. And and they're talking about having me out for a conference. So we do need prayer. I need prayer uh, for what we're doing. This is an intense spiritual battle. And the enemy wants to keep this stuff Shut down, quieted, and suppressed. He does not want churches talking openly about pornography, sexual issues, spiritual warfare, and the cult because so many people are getting sucked into it like I just shared. So now I'm going to share with you, I'm going to read a quote from a news article from the Irish Sun. So this is a news site in Ireland and a guy wrote in and he shared his a little bit of his story with struggling with porn. It was to one of those Dear Abby type columns. And so he writes, I have tried to break my porn addiction, but even going for a five-mile run doesn't curb my craving. So he was trying to deal with it with exercise. Knowing I can't get through a single day without watching other people having sex makes me hate myself. 28 years old, and I've been watching porn for about 10 years. At first it was fun, but then I found myself needing to watch it more and more. 
If I don't watch, I can't stop thinking about it until I do. It's like an itch that needs to be scratched. I can't have a relationship because a real woman doesn't turn me on anymore. I've tried everything, cold showers, exercising, turning off my Wi-Fi, but my self-control never lasts more than hours. Yesterday, I was so angry with myself that I smashed my phone so I couldn't watch. I feel so ashamed of myself, and I can never tell anyone. And then his last words are, please help me stop. And then the lady who replies to him says, porn is just as addictive as many drugs, which is why it's so hard to stop watching it. Admitting you have a problem is the first step to conquering it so well done. And that was it. I remember thinking when I read that, that's all you got? That's all you can offer him? And I wanted to riff a little bit on what he said. I can't have a relationship because a real woman doesn't turn me on anymore. And this is a part of what pornography does to people. It reverses the sex drive so that men really want pornography more than they want their wife, more than they want real women. And having a relationship with a woman takes work. It takes intimacy. I'm talking emotional intimacy. It it takes getting to know somebody and spending time with them. And, but all that gets thrown out the window with pornography, it, it warps the brain, it throws the brain chemistry out of balance, and then they get hooked on the pornography. And, and real, real women become, relationships with women becomes terrifying. And that's what it's so dangerous about, this one, just one angle of it. And I don't, I take it this guy is, is not a Christian because none of that was mentioned and I don't think the lady who wrote back to him was one either. Otherwise, she'd have been saying a lot more than good job in confessing it. So all that to say, this is something that is destroying lives and warping marriages and destroying men and destroying women and destroying lives and I'm going to keep preaching it from the rooftop. Um, Churches, you got to have this up front, center, etched from your pulpit, industrial strength, and equipping people on how to break free and equipping wives on how to heal. We cannot hide from this stuff. It's destroying lives. Next, I'll read a uh, partial piece from a letter that a wife wrote us, and she writes, the church we attended, abusive husbands got passes and slapped on the back as if it's a sick rite of passage to being part of the good old boys, good old boy network there, providing every service, every church service is attended and money is put in the plate every time it's passed because everybody knows that's what makes you a good Christian, sin notwithstanding. They're still allowed to get back in the pulpit to preach Instead of being called out privately for their abuse and sexual sin, preaching about porn and sex addiction is what should happen but won't because there are just way, way too many men, including pastors, deacons, ushers, and members all doing the same. By the way, this is a woman who wrote this in the plate. They all seem to know just what to do, blame the women the wives, and just keep blame, blaming them. Blame us for not giving men what they want, when they want it, 
no matter how they treat us. Blame it on us for not being attractive enough for our husbands, while at the same time, you blame us for being too attractive so other husbands don't lust after us. So how, how, does, how do women win in that circumstance? It's supposed to be both ways, where men take responsibility for who they're looking at and women take responsibility for how they dress. It's not a one-way street. But men are not responsible for any of that, not even in Christian churches where it's supposed to be taught that men are supposed to be examples as heads of households and are supposed to be responsible for the state of their marriages and families, except when it comes to lust, porn and sex addiction, adultery and anything else. They're still trying to find out where that is in the Bible somewhere. But somehow we women are responsible for all of that and anything else. This means that when men are this means then that men are just helpless victims, slaves to the manhood without self-control, and women can't and shouldn't expect them to have self-control. That too is 100% contrary to Scripture. And I want to interject for a moment that in Scripture, we're commanded to buffet our body and make it our slaves. So we do not let our urges rule over us. That means an urge for an orgasm. And I'm talking about guys who justify masturbation because, oh, I had an urge. Uh, if, if your urges are ruling you, then your character is weak. And we're called to be warriors and fighters and men of strong character and integrity and strong heart. Warriors, fighters, I mean, if you can't even say no to the urges of your body, how are you going to say no to other intense temptations? How are you going to, what are you going to do when the enemy assaults you full-blown with intense spiritual warfare? And, you're, and your prayer life is either half dead or all the way dead. So she's right on the money here that we have to take ownership of possessing our vessels in holiness and integrity. And it's hard um, because the enemy comes against us and the battle against the flesh is tough. Sometimes I don't know which is harder, but um, I go to God often. God, please crucify my flesh. Crucify the lustful desires of this flesh. I want it dead. Let me live in the power of your resurrection. And she also writes, she continues, it also means no matter what, it's always going to be women who are to blame for it all, for any or every reason imaginable. No, we're not. Even so-called Christian counselors and therapists, like you said, what I wrote in an article, she was writing in response to an article I wrote, aid and abet these addicts. They normalize their habit or they try to justify it. And part of what I write is that I've heard Christian pastors and counselors, wives have said, who have told the women that, well, you're not giving your husband enough sex, so this is on you. His porn and lust problem is all your fault, which is just out. It's what, what it's really saying is the wife is supposed to be fixing her husband's sin problem, which is impossible. We cannot fix another person's sin problem. They have to be willing to take action and take responsibility for it. And she writes, I'm always blamed by my husband for his porn and sex addiction, even though it predated me by decades, 
all the way going back to when he was a kid. My husband throws things at me. He breaks things. He lies to the counselors, and they believe him. He cusses at me with vile language. He calls me a bee and screams to the top of his lungs at me, cursing words. And he's put me through hell in so many ways and has never once apologized and never will. These are what people are going through sitting in the pews in every church. And porn turns a man's heart to a rock to where all he cares about is himself. And from there, once your heart goes dark enough, anything can happen. So get help. Don't play with this stuff. We got to talk openly about this stuff, these topics from the pulpit. We can't hold back. And uh, we need prayer, like I mentioned. Please consider supporting us financially. We have more and more people asking us for help from all over the globe. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for fighting along with us. And know that if you are struggling, you are not alone. Contact us so we can help you out. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.